On today's episode, we go on a tour of several downtown Toronto neighborhoods, and we do it through the eyes of a first-time condo investor. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, and welcome back to the show. So as I said in the intro, we're going to be going on a little tour of several downtown Toronto neighborhoods. And of course, as a condo investor, you need to be um, up to speed on what's happening downtown and what the different neighborhoods have to offer and the different development um, news and opportunities and, and projects and investments and infrastructure and things that are happening in the downtown and the various neighborhoods. So obviously that's what I do every day. And, and uh, obviously I'm I'm an expert in this area, so never fear if you don't know exactly what's happening in every neighborhood. That's what I'm here for, and that's, again, part of um, what I offer and my team offers to our clients is helping them uh, pick the right investments that make sense and, and that are in areas that are improving, areas that are um, getting better, areas that are on the upswing, areas that uh, have investments and changes coming to them that will improve and increase the values and the attractiveness of those neighborhoods in the future. So that's uh, just a, a good reminder there. If you're thinking about um, reaching out and hiring us for the first time, or if you've been working with us for a long time and you want to ask about uh, certain neighborhoods or what's happening downtown, feel free. So I had this great email from a first-time investor, just got... Um, couple days ago and I thought it would be great just to kind of share it with um, with you the the podcast listener um, especially if you're thinking about investing for the first time I think it's uh, it's it's a nice little um, exercise to go through and basically what this first time investor um, uh, did was they just they were they're not from Toronto but they were visiting Toronto and uh, they were going on a run, an early morning run around the downtown, and they're able to check out various neighborhoods and give some thoughts and observations on what's happening there, um, and obviously looking for some feedback from me as well. But uh, I thought a lot of the, the this person's observations were uh, really bang on and, and really uh, actually uh, accurate with respect to their impressions of different areas and what's happening there and the potential there. So let's, uh, let's jump into the email and I'll read kind of bits of it here to you and we'll go through different neighborhoods. So um, this particular client purchased a unit recently at Minto West Side, which again, if you've been following me for any length of time or if you know me uh, more than just recently, Minto West Side is one of my favorite projects from the past couple of years downtown. And still is, uh, and there's still a few good units still available there. If you're interested in looking for something to invest in right now, I definitely would still recommend Minto West Side. And so that is where our tour begins. And that is where um, this person's uh, jog around downtown began. So he says, I first checked out Minto West Side Project, which, by the way, is at Front and Bathurst, Front and Bathurst. He said, uh, it looks amazing to see the building site and everything is sort of chaos right now. And it's amazing to think how this chaos is going to be turned into a completed, beautiful, um, tall, state-of-the-art, brand-new building. And it's true. It's interesting just watching the construction progress in a building like that. 
Um, and he, his main point here was just that he, as he ran, he continued to go south on Bathurst and he ran over the railway tracks and he realized how incredible, he says, I realize how incredible this area will be when and if the green space is added over the tracks. So of course, what he's talking about is Rail Deck Park. Rail Deck Park is a proposed park by the city of Toronto. It's backed by the mayor, John Tory, um, Jennifer Kiesmat, the chief planner and, and the local councillor. Basically, it's, it's backed by pretty much everyone. Everybody wants to see this park happen, an elevated park over top of the rail tracks, reclaiming that land um, for the city and, and to build a beautiful new park space downtown, similar to a central park, not in the same scale, but uh, in the heart of the downtown, surrounded by um, a developing city around it. Uh, and he's just saying how amazing it would be if that project does get approved. And I would agree 100%. We'll have to see what happens with that project. It's, it's some, not something that's going to happen overnight. If it does get approved and things move ahead with it, it will take a few years, obviously, um, to be constructed. But um, as a personally, as an investor in that project myself and having put so many uh, my own clients into the the project too. I uh, obviously very much looking forward to that. And the city actually just announced another park um, just to the west, uh, another proposal for a park just to the west of Minto West Side on the north side of the tracks as well, an empty lot uh, that the city's been sitting on for a number of years and it's just been sitting there. So um, all that to say, anytime you can buy into an area where there is a new park, being created in the downtown that is always a very good thing to do um, parks are fantastic for property values and you know they just aren't building any more land uh, in downtown toronto with the exception of course i guess if you're if you're able to elevate your land above existing land in the case of rail deck park uh, so that's something to uh, to keep your eye on there so the let's continue the tour he continued down um, the waterfront queen's key and he headed down towards uh, the East Bayfront. So the East Bayfront, which is uh, between sort of Jarvis and Parliament Street, south of Lakeshore Boulevard. So that large piece of land, which was really nothingness for decades and, and hasn't been anything until the past few years as, as the neighborhood is now starting to emerge. Um, we have the Chorus Key office building there. We have Sugar Beach. Uh, we have Sherborne Common. Um, and we have several condo buildings under construction. So we have Daniel's Waterfront. Uh, we have Great Golf is building Mond there. Tridell is building several buildings there. Um, Greenland just purchased a big piece of land, the FedEx building there. So that whole... Um, that whole area east bayfront is a very exciting very interesting area to to look at investing in right now and um, daniel's waterfront is uh, is a great option right now if you're looking to to purchase something in the waterfront area there's still some great units available at daniel's uh, waterfront and it was interesting uh, my client's comment just in his email he said he actually comes from a waterfront community where he lives uh, not Toronto, and, and he says, Waterfront always holds its value, appreciates better than non-waterfront. I always hear people 
talk about waterfront prices and the common phrase you hear is, I wish we purchased that waterfront property back when it was cheaper. So I think the condos down here will have a similar theme. Um, and I would agree again, 100%. I think uh, waterfront property is has been severely neglected in Toronto for you know the better part of uh, the last 50 years. Um, but water for the waterfront is undergoing a huge revitalization all the way from east to west. Uh, the west is obviously more established now and has big investments that's already been put into it. And now we're seeing huge investments going into the east waterfront, which is the uh, the uh, the bayfront area. So absolutely, um, if you are able to purchase into that waterfront area now, uh, it's it's a very good thing. Oh, and of course, I should mention too, upcoming potentially in 2017 is uh, Menkes. Menkes has purchased the LCBO property there on the north side of Queens Key, uh, west of Jarvis, east of Young. Huge piece of land there, uh, something like $220 million or something. And uh, it's going to be very exciting to see what Menkes comes up with there. Not directly on the waterfront, but certainly part of the uh, waterfront communities um, and connecting. Important, very important is connecting the east and west uh, waterfront. So very exciting to see that neighborhood develop uh, in the next few years as well. And we'll continue the tour. He said he then he went north, um, northeast towards the Regent Park area. But first, he ran through the Moss Park area. He said back in the day, he went to Ryerson University, spent some time around there. It was a bit of a sketchy area back then. And he said now it's, it's still pretty much the same. Uh, was his comment. I would agree with that. There's sort of the Moss Park area um, around Queen Shooter there. Uh, there's It's still chugging along, waiting for its uh, moment, I guess you could say. it's it's uh, It hasn't really changed much in the last, um, oh, 10 years or so. But uh, I think the biggest thing that could potentially be the trigger for that is the downtown relief line. If the downtown relief line once again, is um, approved and things are do move ahead with that. It's going to be going through Queen East there, and that will be very uh, transformative for that uh, Moss Park area if that happens. A huge investment like that is, is going to bring big changes. There are also plans now. I've seen some plans online for a uh, revitalized or redone version of Moss Park, the actual park itself which is very tired, and, and now that Regent Park has been redone, Moss Park is really looking hurting uh, in comparison. So uh, that's another thing to watch for is if Moss Park uh, does get a, a, an overhaul, a redesign, and if this relief line does go in, expect big, big changes there uh, whenever those, uh, one or those, those two things are happening. So we'll continue on. And he says, I went up to Regent Park. So he says, I was quite surprised when I got to the Regent Park area. Nice new buildings, including the community center. It looks like there's a bunch of commercial space being built, and that should help the area. Um, and he says, everything just looks new and shiny. It feels uh, like there's much more to come in this area. So again, um, the main comment being, I was quite surprised when I got to the Regent Park area. 
That is the number one comment, the number one thing that people say when they talk about Regent Park, when they come there for the first time. I've been selling in Regent Park since 2009. It's been um, over seven years now. I've been there since the very beginning, the very first building there. And something that I've consistently told people is, if you think you know about Regent Park, you you really don't. You've got to go and see the new Regent Park until you see it and walk through it and spend some time in there yourself and see it with your own eyes. It's really hard to um, explain just how dramatic the change has been because let's face it, Regent Park uh, historically has been known as potentially the worst uh, neighborhood in Toronto. Now it's one of the best and most up and coming and, and hottest neighborhoods downtown. Of course, the Wyatt condominium launch uh, just a few weeks back is proof of that. One of the hottest, if not the hottest launches in downtown Toronto for a new condo ever. Um, not just this year, but ever. Uh, the response was absolutely through the roof and, and the building um, was sold out in a day. Uh, so um, yeah, Regent Park, you, you got to go and see it. It surprises everyone. If you haven't been, definitely go check it out. Start to prepare yourself and get ready for the next release in Regent Park, whenever that will be. Don't have a fixed date on that yet, but um, the sooner that you're able to understand what's happening there, the better, because there's still a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity to come in Regent Park. Uh, then he says, uh, he goes on to say, after Regent Park, he ran along Dundas back towards church. He says, unfortunate thing about Regent Park is that it's so nice, basically, and, and um, this Dundas between Regent Park and sort of uh, Jarvis Church Young area, that space in between there, uh, is not the best area, he says, not the best area. And yep, yeah, I, would, I would agree with that. It's a fair statement to say that Dundas between Regent Park is great, but then when you get past Regent Park, until you get to, say, Jarvis, uh, Jarvis, of course, you've got huge changes happening there. Uh, pretty much every corner of, of Jarvis and Dundas, everything around there is all turning into high-rise condos, huge investments happening there. Um, and of course, Church Street and getting to Dundas Square and Young Street, it's already um, a well-developed and, and expensive area. But it's that sort of gap between Jarvis and Parliament. Uh, still very sketchy, again, similar to Moss Park. Haven't seen a big investment there. Um, if the relief line comes in, again, that, that will change. Uh, not, not really sure what the future of that strip of Dundas is going to look like yet. Um, a lot of potential, absolutely a lot of potential. Could become like the next Church Street, I think. Um, if you look at Church Street and how amazing it is now and how expensive condos are on the Church Street corridor, uh, most people don't realize that you know, only about five or seven years ago, Church Street was super sketchy and nobody really wanted to buy a Church Street that was uh, not a good area at all, similar to how Dundas is perceived today. So all it takes is just one sort of tipping point and a neighborhood can turn. So who knows, maybe maybe if there are condo developers out there listening Maybe they're they're thinking, hey, that 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 might be. Uh, let's let's see if we can pick up a piece of land on Dundas, put one building in there, and the whole neighborhood can can uh, that whole stretch could really turn around very quickly. Uh, I do believe that. So that's that's certainly one stretch to watch. I haven't heard of any developers 
popping in there. But if you look around downtown, if you look at where sort of the um, repressed or depressed areas or areas where uh, there hasn't been any development and gentrification yet, that is certainly one that comes to mind, Dundas between Jarvis and Parliament. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. He goes on to, uh, he says he goes up Church Street. And again, we talked about church and basically how, you know, Church Street and and um, projects like Axis Condos and and uh, Altar and 365 Church, uh, Stanley Condos, sort of centered around Church and Carleton at the Ryerson University campus there. Huge changes. Um, you know, again, he, he went to Ryerson more than 10 years back. 15 years ago, and and he was saying when they moved out of residence, he really didn't have anywhere to go. There were no options, and now students have so many great options to live in very high-quality buildings in that immediate area, and the population, of course, of Ryerson has absolutely exploded over the past 10, 15 years compared to what it was. Um, So that's certainly, you know, Church Street is, uh, it's one street off Young, and now it's sort of one street you know, one notch off of Young in terms of desirability, whereas five, 10 years ago, it was, you know, five notches off of Young in terms of desirability. So that's uh, certainly a great pocket to look at as well for for investment today. Uh, and finally, his last observation was just around, he just made a good point that as he was running around downtown, uh, he, he noticed that there were not many children out on the streets. Not many kids around except for, he said, the Moss Park area, but not really anywhere else. Um, and this is something he says that he's heard us talk about a lot in the podcast. Kids, families, and and this issue here around that. I've got lots of ideas and things around this, but um, his comment was basically that he thinks new condos are not really great for families. It's, it's hard to raise a, a kid in 500 square feet or so, which makes a lot of sense. Um, but this, my comment on this would be, Yep, you're absolutely right. There's not a lot of kids downtown right now today, but they are coming. Uh, there's a lot of babies around. And the question is, as these babies um, grow up and as these couples have, have children and, and, the, and the next few years are going by, how do they stay? Will they stay? Will they, um, as the kids are getting into school age and so on, will the, will the family stay? Well, I think two things. One is... Um, is this is what's driving the demand. This is part of what's driving the demand in the larger condo units. The hottest condo, hottest segment of the condo market right now is Sean Hildebrand told us a few episodes ago, Sean Hildebrand from Urban Nation. Um, the hottest segment of the condo market is between 600,000 and a million. So 600,000 and a million downtown. So these are uh, 800 to sort of 1,200 square foot units. This is where the most demand is. This is where the the biggest heat is. This is where bidding wars are happening more than than anywhere else. Um, This is where the biggest shortage of units are. Um, And this is something we've never seen before. The condo market's always been driven by the smaller units, first-time buyers, et cetera, and, you know, sort of 300,000, 400,000 range. Well, what's happened? Um, Those people who bought 300,000, 400,000, you know, three, four, five, six years ago, uh, they've now gotten married. They've now had a child. Uh, they've maybe had a second child. They need more space. Well, they're going and looking at the housing market and they're re- quickly realizing they can't afford to buy anything. And so naturally, 
they're looking at condos and they're looking at larger condos in that 800 to 1200 square foot range. And it's driving huge demand for that uh, segment of the market. So I do believe that we will see a lot more kids in the downtown in the future. I do believe that the um, sort of Manhattanization effect, if you will, um, is taking place in the city. But I think the missing piece, the missing link, the the thing that uh, we still are lacking that will, um, you know, cause families to stay long term in the downtown core, and that is schools. We need better schools um, for our kids. And right now, if you look at uh, the schools that we have in the downtown core, they're few and far between, and the schools that we do have are just not um, desirable schools, not well um, well ranked schools, uh, n- not schools with great good reputation. So um, that is the missing component, uh, I believe, to, to really see a, a, a true baby boom, a true uh, family boom, um, where families en masse decide not to leave the city, not to uh, leave the downtown and, and move into the inner suburbs or the outer suburbs of the city, but they'll actually stay. Well, what they're missing is, uh, is great schools. So that's, um, that'd be an interesting trend to watch. One district that comes to mind is City Place, and City Place is supposedly getting two new schools, brand new schools. So that, I think, is, a, is something definitely to watch, that area at City Place and, and surrounding areas. If that uh, school is coming in, then that's potentially going to be a major hotspot for families wanting to live downtown. So keep your eye on that space and think about that as you're thinking about buying uh, larger units as well. Okay, this uh, episode has gone on a little bit past uh, time, so we are going to uh, cut it off there. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this little tour of downtown through the eyes of a first-time condo investor. And I won't mention uh, or embarrass you by name, but you know who you are. Thank you for sending me that great email and taking us on a tour around downtown. And yeah, I agree with almost everything you said. You made some great observations and hopefully um, you, the listener, who are thinking about different areas downtown, found something useful and interesting in today's episode as well. And until next time, I hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.